Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. Welcome to the Sci-Files. This is Axel. We have Heather and Ryan. Yo. And today we have some guest stars. We've got Kendra Hello. and Jason. Hello. And they have a neat idea that they're going to bring to the internet and everybody everywhere. And so we're going to talk a little bit with them about it. So Kendra, why don't you go ahead and give everybody a preview of your idea. Well, hi. Uh Name's Kendra Coffey, and uh, I'm starting an idea where comic book artists can get the chance to get their work turned into a video game. Now, these would be people that own their own work, independent comic book creators, um, who want to see their work marketed in such a way that they can make money off of their work. Because, you know, if you're putting on a comic book online, there's a good chance maybe you're making a little bit of ad revenue but you're probably not getting a significant amount of revenue. It's the same concept of a publisher making a book and then it getting turned into a movie, except this is an independent comic book being turned into a video game. Now this is a project that's currently being worked on. Um, it's currently going under the name Project Arc Lamp, but that's kind of like a code name. Um, if you would like to reach out to me or submit your work preemptively while we are currently building the site, my email is coffee, C-O-F-F-E-Y, at arclampip.com, A-R-C-L-A-M-P-I-P.com. All right, so today we also have Jason with me. He's helping me with the project. Um, he's a bit of a strategist. He's really good at uh, seeing where things will go. For example, when the uh, Oculus came out, he said, oh yeah, HTC's gonna win it. And I thought, okay, I'll be honest, I thought HTC would totally just bomb out. Why? Well, I mean, think about when you had your HTC phone back in like the early 2000s. It was like terrible. It didn't work half the time. You always had to reset it. It was terrible. I'm like thinking, okay, you're gonna get a, a VR headset where it's gonna have pop-ups. It's gonna be terrible. Jason called it, so like I have to give him props on that. So I'll give him a little round of applause. Thank you. So, um, also, a slightly better example and a little bit more of a recent example would be, I was one of the few crazy people out when the Switch was first announced where everyone was going, it's a handheld system that's Nintendo. It's just coming off the Wii U. It's going to be garbage. And I'm the only one of the few out there really early on before it got extremely, like, gained a whole lot of traction to go, no, that's going places. I pre-ordered it the first day it was available. I was literally, like, the second one in line at the GameStop, and a lot of people thought it was crazy at the time. Yeah, and then announced this year, you know, they're going to be supporting it for 10 years. Yeah, right. Which is kind of unheard of. Exactly. Right, he did. Like, I saw it, like, I'm, like, going, no, it's literally the power of a home console you can take anywhere with you. That is a gold mine. (laughs) <laughs> and everyone was all like, ah, the only thing it's ever going to get is maybe a few, you know, crappy Wii, you know, Wii ports and stuff like that. No, I was the one who was going, no, the third parties are going to come. It'll take a little bit. Yeah, but that's actually the big thing now is when you open up your platforms like the VR like you're talking mm-hmm. about or, you know, the handheld <clears throat> console stuff is that it has to be available to the public to mod and mess with. Oh and, yeah. I mean that's the big I mean that's one of the reasons that Skyrim Elder yes. Scrolls even like 5 yeah, years later or 8 years later huge. is still yeah. so huge it and people a lot of tele- I mean they re-released it in a special edition just like what 2 years ago now? Mm-hmm. Yes. I re-released it and that the sales for that was just mass 
and it's, it's gotten so big that they've even their E3 joke was making fun of themselves for re-releasing it so much, <laughs> and it was actually a real thing. If you have an Alexa, look it up. It's actually a real thing. That joke, that Skyrim very special edition, Great. you can actually get it on an Amazon Echo, and it is it's hilariously funny to play. It's actually fun too. That's like that's the yeah. best part. Like it isn't like that bad. Whole, like that whole bit in there where they're all like, it's literally just a text-based adventure game. Alexa reads well, to you. Yeah, yeah, it's a voice-enabled uh, text game. <laughs> I'm actually one of the things I'm actually doing is I'm applying to Beth Bethesda. To nice. be one of the voice actors for Elder Scrolls Six, nice. so I'm cool. hoping to see that they'll come back and say, "Yeah, we'll we'll take you on." Because in Oblivion and uh, you mean Skyrim, they're not? You mean hopefully they're not just going to use the same three voices for the guard this time? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for Oblivion and Skyrim, they actually picked up unknowns yeah, like, to actually do some of the voicing. So I'm hoping I'm going to try. What I find funny about Skyrim is I see Axel here all the time playing it, and then I'm looking at some of the stuff that he gets to mod, like making people naked. And oh yeah, you gotta <laughs> have the naked chicks running around. Do you have the Thomas the Tank Engine? I do not have Thomas the Tank. Okay, Aww. is it Thomas the Tank Engine or is it? Oh yeah, God. No, neither one. Oh man, I'm, you I'm, don't have Brandy Savage you, as the dragon. No, you need to do that, the, man. Yeah, it's the right. best mod. I, I tend to I tend to chip mod. I'm not one of the big modders. I put in the mods that uh, make the game more realistic. You're you're uh, like what I do with except, Fallout Four. Except one, I have to say, except one, which is I have the bimbo plate mod. I was gonna say you, you have, the, have the anime TDs mod. mod. I think the coolest mod I've seen lately is the Vice City mod for Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, ooh, that was fucking cool. Because they, they, they give you ooh, a separate island. That. It's a separate island away what? from the rest of the city. I haven't what? had a chance to mess That's with Grand Theft Auto Five in a while. Why didn't, why didn't I know about this? I love Vice City. Do you have any idea how much I love Vice City? Thanks. Oh. Now I'm gonna have to down, re-download Grand Theft so, Auto Five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As is usual on the Sci-Files, we've segued a little bit. So let's cycle back to Kendra a little bit. So your comic book game conversion, mm -hmm. this is going to be just web comics, or is this going to include people who've done independent paper comics? That's a good question. Well, I'm developing a site that's a platform, kind of like think about DeviantArt, but specifically niched for uh, comic books. But I was thinking, you know, in time... Maybe we could do paper releases, it, like special editions, you know, because I feel like that graphic would be... Graphic novels. Yeah, special edition graphic novels in time. I'm sure if someone wanted to convert their paper comic into a web format, there, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I was thinking about reaching out to some um, comic book shops that have independent in, like, uh, uh, writers already and be like, hey, you know, do you want to promote it? Put it on the site. Go for it. Um, technically, they retain all the rights. The only caveat is if they make a game, just like any movie studio, you know, they would there would be a split of royalty. Just like well, okay, of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, they retain all your, the rights. They your, don't. Your they developers don't... have to get paid. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. 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 It, it's just right. So it's just like if a movie gets made. I mean, like if you had a self-published book, you know. If, if Sony came to you and be like, hey, we want to turn this into a movie franchise, you, you would expect to lose a certain percentage. But you would gain so much more. Well, and yeah. like, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Oh, it's fine. Go, Go ahead. And how we were focusing on releasing this is we were going to focus on digital for the video games. But if you look at, there's a company out there called Limited Run. Oh, yeah. How they do things is they do kind of... They do it rather interestingly. Like, they re-released the 90s game Night Trap recently. And they did a limited... How the way it's called limited run is... They put up on their website... X amount of copies that you can buy physically. And it comes with a whole bunch of special edition stuff. Mm -hmm. So something kind of like that where if they would give them the option to go either physical or digital and possibly in the future. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You so can take it and own it and then... Once that number of owned copies is done, then it'll all it's just purely be web. Yeah. 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 So here's my question. How are you planning, how are people going, what's the process, like, money-wise? Are people going to actually pay you guys to actually build the game, or is there, like, how do you do this? That's a good question. Like that. 
person is questioning. Oh, okay, uh, money person, yes. So at first, okay. what we're gonna do is first we're just gonna start making some games that are not com comic book related, just to get a development cycle started. You know, there is a learning curve that we're taking on a little bit. I have some development skill, but I'm learning more. So we're making a few games just to raise some money. And then after that, once we have an audience going with the site, we'll think about doing a Kickstarter or a Patreon or other stuff like that. But we had we gotta gain the audience mm -hmm. first. We have to have eyes. We have to have eyes. We gotta get our name out there. So, we gotta wait for the right moment. Because I did I did a, a some research on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. 20% is, okay, if you have a goal, you want to get to 20%, you want to pre-raise 20%, because 20% is the line where you're more likely to make goal. If you don't make that 20% in the first, like, couple of days, yep. the chances of failure is exponential at that point. <laughs> so, it's good to already have a base and pre-raise the money and get people to say, oh yeah, I love that idea, I would totally do it. So when you go for launch, you're more likely to not only make that goal, but to shatter it. I have one question for you, actually, and I know I'm putting you a little bit on the spot because we didn't talk about this beforehand. Cool. What are you going to be doing in terms of this to stop what I like to refer to as Star Citizen Syndrome? Do you know about the Kickstarter for Star Citizen? They've raised more money than God. Okay. I mean, I seriously think with the amount of money they've raised, they could buy a small country. Okay. Like, they've raised umpteen millions of dollars. Okay. What are we going to do, say, for example, if we get $4 billion or something like that? That That's... Retire? Okay. <laughs> no, no. Well, the problem with make Star it, Citizen is make it's it not out yet. They yeah. kickstarted this game six years ago, but it actually and it's but it still is. not out the, yet. The, well, not in, not in the anything because he keeps adding features to yeah, it. Yeah, the fact <laughs> the, the beta run of Star Citizen was out, which people got to play a little bit in. It's the test run, and that that's what has helped them with their Kickstarter was that people were able to go in and, and mess in the sandbox that they had at that point. But you have to remember, though, our concept is also with this comic book site. So what it is, if we get that much money, we don't have to, we, we have the ability to not just make one game, but multiple games, creating a wonderful position. It's like if you opened a restaurant and you had instantly a bunch of money to, start to open up 10 more restaurants at the same time. Your velocity is incredible at that point. So, I mean, why not or if make were, more than one game? Or if the money was raised for the one specific game, you have DLC content for five to six years. That's yeah, true. Continual, um, you know, support. But also, yeah, you know, which is it, nice. Yeah. You know, diversifying I risk. Skyrim. If you, if you have more than one, more than <laughs> one intellectual property. Yeah. You know, you're oh, diversifying your risk, which makes the company more likely to be stable in the long run, which I'm sure backers want. I mean, yeah, it'd be great to have one smash hit, but the backers want to know that when they dump their money into something, that something's going to come out of it. They want to, they want to see that company a success. Mm. You know, there's nothing worse than when you dump in, even if it's 20 bucks, you'd be like, I really believed in these guys and they went belly up in a year. Kind of like what I do for the couple of YouTubers that I watch the most. I kick them a buck a month. Yeah, and you want to see them and successful. And I want to see them succeed. Well, mostly I just want to see Dan's YouTube channel burn down in flames like he's trying to. Why? Because he doesn't care about ad revenue anymore. He's oh, literally just punched yeah. the fuck it button. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is pretty fun. Dan Hardcastle. He goes by Nerd Cubed. <laughs> oh, actually, he, <clears throat> watching uh, one of our my YouTube regular YouTube shows called is Because Science... Mm -hmm. um, and uh, NerdCubed has actually come up with they've, they've actually referenced him once or twice is that the one about the band Hammer? I don't know okay because I know he was recently I, no, I know he was on Tom Scott's channel recently because they did a science experiment involving an actual in virtual reality band Hammer so if you swing the hammer in virtual reality, it banned someone randomly in his Twitch chat when he was streaming live on Twitch. Okay, that would be funny. It was, <laughs> because it was also, like, scientifically accurate. How long they were banned it was, it was determined by how hard he swung the hammer. Nice. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> that would be funny, yeah. I might have to check that one out. Yeah. But no. we're going to have to Sorry. save that for our, our YouTube show. I believe you mentioned to me, so believe it or not, we are, Kendra and I do work together, 
this is how I actually met her. And she had mentioned to me about something about anime as well. Oh, well, if you're having a comic book site like this with all different kinds of um, styles, let, let me, let's be honest, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to make anime and manga style. I mean, it's just gonna happen. So it's not a comic book. I know. Yeah, that. Anime, anime and manga is absolutely huge. Leave my waifu alone. <laughs> anime and manga is absolutely huge right now. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Of course. It's though, manga has better storylines. Yes, it does. Sometimes. There are times. Yeah. But I'm generally. Gonna, I'm gonna. Okay. Generally. Not. And they do not. Things. Not compared to Marvel and DC. No, and Dark Horse. Specifically Dark Horse actually sometimes has better stories yeah. than Marvel and DC, even though Marvel and DC comics are the more popular ones, because you know that that was no, kind of one DC of the big complaints about comic books was that they didn't have a lot of story. It was you know people wanted to get right to the action when reading a comic book, mm -hmm. so a comic book was you know. 10% story, 90% action, and then Dark Horse was one of the few that came out with, you know what, we're going to match 50-50 action and story, and then you've got independents yeah. who uh, are going to be a lot of story right. compared to the action, the, the draws, so they're hoping that their story will attract a, a fan base and group read, so yeah, that's the, one the of the things. Yeah, the in the market there, but not enough story driven. Yeah. That makes sense. So, I mean, a comic book, I think, should be 50-50, story action. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you want something that's going to draw the, the attention, but you want to get engaged and involved in each of the characters. And, you know, it's like why Marvel's universe right now is so huge and whatnot, is that... Like, they're even taking classic storylines in the comic and yeah. flipping them on their head. No, no, when I say... No this, spoilers if anyone's reading Infinity Wars. When I say that... You know, now Marvel and DC is story. It's like this is, wasn't always the case. I mean, the, I mean, if there you look at the development of actually Batman from DC, Batman was that shy of a hired gun initially. You know, he he was he used guns. Well, he Watchmen did an interesting take on that whole character, where yeah. they basically did a real world version of what you would get if you actually had Batman. Yeah. Which is a deranged nutball with a mask on. Well, that's generally comic com com well, I mean, general. Warshack <laughs> no, was a deranged nut, so. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Walk around with a sandwich board that said the end is nigh. But, I mean, initially, but it's what it became because they had to cater their, cater to their audience is what they tried to do. And that's what kind of messed comic up books a little bit. Yeah. And then PTA got involved. And saying, oh, they're too violent, you got to tone it down. <laughs> and then you go into, you know, the Silver Age, where you had, you know, like, the oh, Super yeah. Friends. Back in that era I where mean, I was, and I am going to bust out the patented voice just for you on this okay. one. <laughs> Back in the era of, if you read comic books, you're a communist. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it just... But now... They're trying to go back to a story because the That's movies... What, what, you mean Thanos Copter isn't enough of a story for everybody? Oh. Hey, don't get me started with how Infinity War messed up Thanos. Yeah, that was, um, that was a few episodes back. That was a few episodes oh. back. Yeah. You're yeah. lucky I wasn't on for that one because I would have argued the hell but, out of that one. I guess this would also bring up a really good question, too. What would the rating system be on the website? Oh, very good point. Um, I was thinking about actually making, you know, there's, there's like hits and fans. So like not only how many hits the comic has, but how many fans, how many people subscribe well, per se. I guess in YouTube. I think like, what though. he's getting into is content wise. Yeah. Like. Like who, who raises. Def who, differentiating you, yeah. between. Okay. Yeah. I'm it, good. I'm, going from like I, a, I, like adult content to like kids content. Oh, like you mean That's actual like yeah. those kind to of to keep ratings. it from yeah. turning into basically yeah, what since, happened with since, Deviant. Since, Not like yeah, which comics goal, are good versus yes, which ones. Yeah, suck. since the goal okay. would be to take from comic to game. Well, this is one no. thing. Yeah. 
That's on the, the server that I bought, it does mm-hmm. say adult content is forbidden. So at uh, least at first, I can't. Now, eventually, as it grows, I would like to start, like, a home-based server. And then if people <laughs> want to, you know what? I am totally cool if someone wants to make a comic book with, like, a pretty naked lady. I don't care. I, I do not care. I, personally, do not care. But... Nice. <laughs> We're going to have a couple of porno games. I just know it. Yeah, probably. I mean, well, I'm not a person. they're actually kind of huge right now, too. Right. The, right. The, the anime, I mean, the, the adult <laughs> anime video games that are out there right as now. As long as it's not a gotcha game. Oh, there's oh, so many. Oh, there's so many. Dude, I think we figured it out. No, no, no. We have to do it like this now. Just to annoy the entire world, we need to come up with a gotcha game that is entirely naked anime chicks. And somebody has already stolen that idea just because I said it. Actually, it's called the Kaihime Project. It's on... Told you. I I told it. So so, so we have to Google this later, right? Yeah. Okay. For research purposes. Research. Obviously. I don't want to say the name on the podcast because the name is absolutely horrible. But there is one that is... it's, It's... Called something. It's, I laughed when they first saw this. It's called something kind of like Chick Wars, but it's a different C word. Oh. And it's mm. actually, if you were to take Magic the Gathering and turn it into a kind of naked anime chick game. So, so, I so am intrigued and I'm so, not so sure if I want to subscribe position. to this game's newsletter. So, so, so it's just like having an actual girlfriend. It costs you a lot of money, but it's not real. No, no, you can play it for free. You can play it for free. Wow. Well, he oh. said, he said oh, like you Magic the Gathering. I mean, you can I mean, play it for free. They, you, you that is a game that costs a lot. Oh, it costs yeah. a lot of money, so it is like Remember, having a girlfriend. Remember though, now they're, so. now they're giving out the starter deck for free, so the That's first true. hit's free. But yeah. it, it, it's kind of, it, it's basically, you, you pit your anime naked anime chicks against other players or their actual online content <laughs> where they will line them up and each turn each one of the the characters makes an attack and take out the name and i don't care about the nudity it's actually a fun game oh i see what you're saying actually the pl- gameplay it is actually the gameplay yeah. is a lot of those great. a lot of those surprisingly are like that you, you if you take out the boobs in the butt it's a great so, game. So, so well, like no, I don't even care out. about yeah, the nude like, aspect. <laughs> to me, the thing that makes me hesitant about playing it is the actual name of the game. Well, some of yeah. them have some yeah. like really weird names, like like he's saying. But a lot of them actually, like the developers put in a lot of time in making them really complex, amazing games. It's really crazy. What's also funny about this game is, as you get these, as you get the cards to mm-hmm. play your to get your your cards to go up against people. They're gonna be fully clothed and then yeah, yeah you level. You can level up your your cards, yeah. <laughs> and, and as the level up. goes up, bits of clothing get removed from the picture. So, wow! So, so it's a little bit extra poker, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, little yeah. Bit. It, it's it, it is a fun little game, except for the name. I think the name is horrible, and okay. I, I do not endorse the name. Yeah, the name. So is don't nice. go play the game, but try it. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. So. Um, so we're going to transition into why we're, we're going to segue smoothly from here, I'm guessing, into, into something else. So here's the real part of the episode. <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're now going to go to the real reason that we're actually here to record today. And, and that is going to be joining us. And, hey, <laughs> I wasn't going to leave them out. Well, and I'm gone. <laughs> Sit your ass down. This is Doctor Who Part 2. Woo-hoo. So the new Doctor has come out. And has been aired. Two episodes now. And we've all seen them. And it yes. is the female doctor. Yes! And I have to say Go something. Female. The Both episodes were good. The second episode was much better than the first. Because Whoa. I found the first episode a little bit predictable. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a massive Doctor Who fan. And I was going to watch it no matter what. And I, I'm going to say Jodie Whittaker did a great job as yeah. being the doctor. Oh, yeah. The way they introduced her to the show was really good. The whole aspect that they brought in bits and pieces of past episodes, like sometimes after regeneration, the doctors had memory problems. They brought this part in. And 
I thought that was great. The fact that she had to make a sonic screwdriver out of alien technology, I thought was great. It wasn't alien technology. It was actually just random bits of stuff she found in that shop. Well, and no, then no, no, that no, no, little yes. crystal. No, no, no. The, the crystal. Yeah. The crystal. The crystal, the crystal yeah. came from. The crystal came from that. The, the machine. The, yeah, assumedly. Okay. The cheater machine. Yeah, the, the cheater machine. machine. Yeah. The Stenza yeah, the machine. Stenza. Yeah. Part of it, but it was just for the crystal. But yeah. Yeah. she used a spoon. Mm-hmm. Used a spoon and made <laughs> yeah. a sonic A bowl of spo- uh, bucket of spoons okay, with a so concrete welder. Little bits and pieces of the show were great. The storyline, I know, and like 10 minutes into the show, I turned to Heather and I'm like, that person's going to die. And they do. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't in any of the promo art. It was very obvious. Aside from that, (laughs) the way that they were, you know. And we both knew the guy was going to be the win. As soon as we saw him and he's like, I'm going to leave and head out. We're like, oh. And then they said, oh, they were hunting this guy. I bet. And we're both like, that guy who left the bus. Now, I need to to interject one thing. With three security guards in the room, can we all have a moment of (laughs) silence for the world's most grateful granddad who only lasted oh, about yeah. 15 seconds That's doing his true. job. I felt that security guard, I just knew the minute he showed up and went, they're going to make me feel things about this guy and then immediately murder yes. him brutally, aren't they? Thanks, Chibnall. Was it his daughter or his granddaughter? Yeah, he was like, yeah. it's, it's great to have yeah. a granddaughter like you. Hangs up the phone immediately, gets his next snap okay, to that, swing. that one actually felt something for it. Okay. That felt so no, sad. Yeah, Chibnall yeah. did a great job at making you feel things only to kill people in that episode. Now, Jesus. the new villain, Desenza, <laughs> I think that's going to be the ongoing for the season. That, actually, the yeah. idea of them putting the teeth in the face... That, that no, freaked me no, the fuck out. That was cool. No, that no. Was cool. I was I was cool yeah, with it until I saw him rip the you know, basically just shove it oh, out. Wait, uh. No, no, no. No, no. yeah, when <coughs> when he you know, he's like when she comes up and says, Why did he take the teeth? That one got us like, why did they take the teeth? I was curious about I'm that. They like at least answered it. That was what I liked. I'm thinking if like this had been the Moffat era, my immediate thought was it's either gonna be a trophy or it's gonna be something based on DNA. Maybe oh, that, no, that would have been. Maybe that was that, my other maybe guess. They're using the DNA, and they need for that, you know for yeah, those things for in the collarbone. For, yeah, yeah, for whatever. For whatever. You, you know. No, so. it turned out that every time he made a kill, he had to take the teeth and shove it in his. Well, face. that's because. I mean, it was a trophy. I mean, that is. Yeah. It was. It was yeah. very predator. It was very predator. very very predator. <laughs> but putting them in the face, that was. I was like, okay, I have to give it up. That was a neat thing. That, All right. Yeah. Two things I really liked about it, or liked about episode one and two. One of them was the fact that in the very first episode, they didn't show any intro. No that intro, one that was, was cool. amazing. No intro credits. It you didn't even hear right the theme. The you heard hints of the theme. Yeah. You didn't uh, hear it until the very one, end. The second well, one, well, they did do the uh, uh, new theme song. But, and the and, new and, intro. And I'm getting to that, too, because like the, the thing is, there's no TARDIS in the first and second episode until the end. Yep. So there was no TARDIS in the intro. You notice that? Yep. Yeah. So there was no TARDIS flying around. There's no, yep. no, none of that stuff. It was just the music. And so that's why I thought it was great. It's the I, fact I, that they were just I, like... And I, I, will, I will say the music direction so far has been beautiful. It's yeah. not Murray Gold anymore. I'm actually trying to... I'm really curious as to who is actually doing the music. Jason, it's amazing. I really like soundtracks. I'm looking forward to Jodie Whittaker's mm-hmm. Doctor Themes song. Like, they've done... I mean, they didn't done do hits. one so much. It started with David Tennant, not so much with... Uh, Christopher Eccleston, mm-hmm. but Matt it took Smith, off hardcore, yeah. and then yeah. Peter Capaldi's is actually really good too. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So I'm really looking forward to the the you know when the Doctor's up and running and you know yeah. that background music. That's gonna be with, amazing. Um, That's, I want now. It may not be amazing. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I'm, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. With what I've been seeing so it. far, with especially with the second episode where they did like the theme song in the beginning. And then showing the TARDIS colors, which I'm really not liking the yellow so much. However, it seems like, even though she's kind of a bit... I love the fact that she's really crazy kind of attitude where mm-hmm. she's trying to solve everything multiple. She's she's and, a lot like Matt Smith in that. Oh, regard. yeah. She, she's got a lot of Smith It seems like she's, some ha- she's taking on this darker personality based off of the music and the way the colors are mixing, mm-hmm. well, which is not bad. I kind, of, I kind of find that's kind of a good thing. I also like the fact in the second episode they finally reiterated because in Capaldi's era they kind of drifted more towards 
he was kind of hands... He, he kind of let the violence thing go for a little mm-hmm. bit. And then Jodie Whittaker comes in, and the minute somebody suggests gun... Like, even in the first yeah. episode, yeah. the first thing she does when she describes a sonic screwdriver is she goes, it's like, a son- it's like a Swiss Army knife, but without the knife, because knives are for idiots. Yep. <laughs> well, that, that's been... And then the thing with the gun. Thing is, but Christopher Eccleston's character didn't really care about the guns. Well, he liked the squareness. Well, he was gun, coming but... off the war. Too. Yeah, 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 he was oh, just no. coming off I mean, the yeah. war. That's the thing. He, David Tennant so yeah. much wasn't about guns either. He didn't, you know. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he's like, it was stop somebody from yeah. shooting something. But when it came down to running away, shooting was okay. And, and for and for me, it was fun too because like Eccleston was coming for me. He was coming off of Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah. As a villain. Yeah. So that was kind of fun to oh, see him transitioning into the hero role. Yeah, that uh, was an interesting. That I so, so him being more violent right didn't about the same time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and Matt Smith is where they started picking it back up to yeah. you know no no guns no guns and then Peter Capaldi came in and he's like I'm just expecting people to die and that's that's, <laughs> that's, that's basically really, that's kind of, he like, was just the angry Scotsman who killed people. He'd walk in, all right, you guys are my temporary companions. You're going to die. Then, and then fine. he's like, okay, all right, you just, you shot one of the dialect antibodies. All right, so let's move on. But what about you going to do? There's nothing I can do. He's yeah. going to die. Zort. Yeah. I mean, and that was like, whoa, doctor. And it's like, like there, there was a couple of moments where I just went, dude. Dude, that, I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, this one here, she's trying to save them all. And yeah. I just love her responses and oh, reactions yeah. to things. She's, like, dead mm-hmm. on, even though she's still all over the place. And that's still kind of like her from trying to get her body now, and everything all together. Now, did you catch the writing in episode one? They did a couple of and they did a couple of directing cues in writing things that were really awesome in episode one. Did you notice that she started to have some of Capaldi's mannerisms yes, right at the very I beginning and his yeah. speaking style. Mm-hmm. And as it went on, she gained the, her own. The yep. only thing I was curious about was she sat here and patted her. Before she realized she was a female, because someone told her she was female, she patted herself looking for the screwdriver. So I'm sorry. Like, yeah, and I don't have any pockets. Well, the doctor is notoriously ignorant about a lot of things, and that one I'm going to let <laughs> but slide. But you know, notice that things are missing? But, you know, I, I can, I can <laughs> give, it, I can give <laughs> that up because regeneration does, has been classically shown to scramble the, the neurons a little bit. You know? More so oh, in certain okay. episodes yeah. than not yeah, <laughs> the TV of... movie. We're not going to get it. Actually, I liked the TV movie. Okay, I you're all liked, right. I, I, I liked the TV movie. <laughs> Paul McGann did an awesome job. Yeah. I, I liked his... Movie. Yeah. Well, you had, in my opinion, the movie isn't the only thing you watch in McGann's era. You also listen to some of the Eighth Doctor adventures okay, and you next. actually I'll, break I'll make, into I'll more of his story. I'll make a confession here. The very first time I heard about Doctor Who, I watched that movie. I know, you told me. And I remember later when you showed me Matt, uh, Matt Smith, I'm like... This is totally different than my experience. Yep. I watched that one movie. I'm like, I am never watching this shit ever again. See, but I liked it. <laughs> I really did. I liked that one. I Going from it. Sylvester McCoy to Peter McGann, the way they did it, I thought was really cool. The Doctor, yeah. you know. I didn't that version of the Master, I'm not even going to get into it. It was okay. delightfully trashy, is what I like to call it. Delightfully bad. It the, was The, like the Doctor, hate. the Master, <laughs> I mean, you gotta... The Master's just one of those... <laughs> mm. I mean, he really is. I mean, the the guy who played him for Matt uh, David Tennant and Matt Smith and really and job. one episode or two of Capaldi. And Come then, on, let's not give him. Yes, let's not the give John Sim no credit John there. Sim, yep. And then okay, and then Missy. Turn it. <laughs> oh, Missy is great. Missy was. Missy owned it. Missy owned it. Like, I don't think anyone's ever going to top Missy. Like The fact that they also were able to pull in the musical joke they did for her (laughs) was so amazing. The, hey, Missy, you so fine. Yep. And see, that was when I was talking about Capaldi and his disregard of, well, you're going to die, I'm sorry. His, his, that attitude that he displayed towards some of the characters, he was coined and summed up by Missy in one of the episodes 
when she walks out of the TARDIS when she's trying to rehabilitate and she says, Hi, I'm Doctor, Doctor Who, these are my disposables. Okay, <laughs> that right there summed up kind of Capaldi's yeah. attitude. Yeah. That was, I was just so like, like, he was all correcting her and in the back of my head I'm going, like, no, no, that's, that's how you act. That's, <laughs> that's kind of accurate, yeah. Now, I know we've all been talking about how episode one and two were great, but I'm going to respectfully disagree on one thing personally. Uh, I thought episode one was better than episode two. I... Uh, Episode one was too predictable. I episode think two, for me... The pacing was all off. The pacing was really bad for me on episode two. And I, I happen to agree with a lot of people that, like, the one theory everyone had is that they gave away the ending of the episode too early with what exactly the ghost monument was. Oh, I didn't care that what the ghost predictable. monument was. That was, that was the was problem. They were building the whole episode up to that. And it was, in but, my opinion, it was a little bit of a jumbled mess to get there. Though, I, as soon as they said ghost monument and you're on this planet going up to this ghost monument, everybody's going to already guess it's going to be the TARDIS. Oh, yeah. didn't even need Well, no, the doctor, right in the beginning of the episode, ghost monument, what's that? It's something that appears every thousand years and then disappears. And she's like, that's my TARDIS. They okay. didn't have to show it. They could have, because they made a huge deal at the end about it being like, oh no. They, they, they did that. They could have done something, because the ending of it, well, it was, it was a little bit. So it was be weird, fun. because they built up this whole thing like she's physically, like, really depressed. And then all yeah, of a sudden, she, you know, it's like, oh my god, we're stuck. She had this whole mentality of like, we're stuck here. I will say this: since, since the um, since the last Christmas episode ended on a a cliffhanger, and the first episode ended up on a cliffhanger, that was one thing I didn't want to see in episode two. That was another that, thing I that, that I, was, I, I, I thought at the end of episode one, the season wide arc, which I thought would have been cool. Yeah. I I was talking to her, and I was like, the season wide arc that would have been cool is if she just had a TARDIS free season. She was just trying to I find the TARDIS, and she kept trying to jump around it. That would be kind of They kind of did that with Paul McGann's character and some of his adventures. Yeah, and classically, the they did And then classically, there was... God. Name blanking right now. I'm really tired. It's, I've been up a while. Because um, I think it came up briefly with Axel and I. We were watching the first episode. What does everybody think of if they ever moved away from the police box? It won't they, happen. It won't happen for merchandising reasons and right. because it's so iconic. Right. But they have in the past, in the classic series, they have actually explained why the TARDIS is stuck as a police box. Yeah. There's a circuit in the TARDIS called the Chameleon yeah, Circuit, that. and it has been fixed on occasion. Actually, the running joke that I have is if they ever actually fix the chameleon circuit, the doctor is just going to get so annoyed with it, she, he or she is just going to rip it out of the console and <laughs> well, be like, actually, it's just going to be a police box. Matt Smith <laughs> this actually is too weird. explains it yeah. a little bit in the thing. It's like, he's all proud of it. It's like, why does it look like a police box? And he's like, well, what the TARDIS does is when it lands, it immediately it takes a three-dimensional picture of everything in the surrounding area and then, and decides, then it decides to be a police shape. It's a police it's telephone box from 1962. And then as it lands, it invariably turns into a police box. I don't yeah. know why. I think I've been I've been meaning to fix it, is what he says. Um, and he's also, they brought back the tinkering. I like that. Yeah. The but tinkering. for me, episode thing. two, in the beginning, they's like, okay, we now know where her TARDIS is. We now have a reason for her to take that, to take that journey. And so that, to me, was smart, you know, because the doctor just shows up okay, we're on an alien planet, we have nothing to do with you two people who are doing this race. That, I will admit, was kind of cool, where it was just so like, these two are just so like, I don't really give a crap who you are, you're in my way. Yeah, you mean these people aren't bonus? No. Okay, then forget them. Yeah, it's like... Now, we, now the doctor's like, okay, now I've got to figure out how to get everybody off the planet, Fuck. and what am I going to do, and then, oh, by the way, here's your TARDIS. And by the now way, everything on the doing, planet wants to kill you. And everything on the planet wants to kill you. It's genetically designed to kill you. So The water... For me, <laughs> like, the episode was about the journey and some of the you know the ideas that they put in the flesh eating bacteria in the water oh, yeah, cool. the, uh, the, yeah. the robots as that, my friend put it the problem I had with the episode the most was they loaded so many Chekhov's guns <laughs> they could have fired the bacteria really didn't have a payoff they had a boat to get across the river yeah. the only one they really ever paid off was the cloth that tried to kill you yeah 
it and was I, like they loaded all of those other Chekhov's guns like the robots. Nope, they're just gone. Also, I hated that character, the really depressing guy. Who? Hate. The jackass? Yeah, the jackass. I hate okay. I hated that guy. I was like, I Yes, was... please die. Like when he had like the, like, the cloth when... on his face. He's I'm the like, only yes, character in Doctor Who who's actively rooted to die. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. That's that was good writing then. Yes. Because if you having such a visceral reaction to Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that, do it! That was good writing. <laughs> My favorite thing about the about this season so far is the cinematography is much yes. better than it's ever been. Oh, my God. She can... So she, my better. very first thing I said, like, within, like, two minutes of the first episode, I'm like, holy shit, they got a budget. Well, this once we actually is amazing. The yeah, part, of, part of me was thinking it was just too t- I was just too tired because it came on 11 o'clock. Um, for me, because mm-hmm. I, I get an East Coast feed and, you know, yeah. Britain time. So, when I first saw it, I was thinking, God, am I just tired? Or does this look really, no, really like it, so good? No, it looked like a movie. <laughs> yeah. It didn't, pl- yeah. it didn't play like a TV show. It played as, like, a movie. That's how good the yeah. cinematography was. I was <clears throat> thoroughly impressed. Which is really good, because the only television shows currently that are actually doing that are the high-end cable channels like HBO's right. you know, shows, Showtime, yeah. Cinemax, all it that. It easily could have been one yeah. of those. Or a Netflix show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> one of the things that I'm finding that I'm liking about uh, Whitaker's character is that the Doctor Who Doctor is going back to being visually thinking. The doctor is like, I've got it. Okay, I've got to work this out. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. You know, because oh, yeah. they kind of went away from it. You know, Christopher yeah. Eccleston's character was like, you know, it was more like, okay, here's the problem. I instantly know the answer. And then David, David Tennant, Tennant was, was emotive about everything. everything. Matt yeah. Smith was Matt like, Smith was, was just, just a cartoon character. I was just going to say, Matt Smith was a cartoon character. But it was life. fun. <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. But he was amazingly fun. But And Peter Capaldi's character was like, yes, I have the solution. I'm sorry you're going to die. And I know I keep bringing that up. I keep bringing that up, but that was kind of the theme. It's like, yes, I have the answer. Unfortunately, I didn't get it in time. You. I didn't get it in time to save your life. Um, I do kind of like, like that Jody always... has attitude, a little bit of attitude, yep. but not yeah. like not like uh, Capaldi's attitude. It's it's more like more. It's just matter of fact yeah. attitude. Like she's not trying to be a dick. Like I think no. I think the moment she's getting at is the moment in the first episode where, God, the guy with the. Yeah, yeah I, where yeah. the guy um, she takes the phone from and goes, "I'm gonna wipe your phone well, down," but all my data's on there, and he goes, "Not anymore." Not anymore. <laughs> just like, like, it's just kind of sassy, but she's not trying to funny. be a dick. Yeah. It's like she's trying to liven the situation and up. Here's one thing that I mentioned in our previous episode that you you two weren't here for was the fact that, <clears throat> you know, were they going to play up the fact that the doctor is now female? Or are they going to keep it that the doctor is the doctor? And I am happy to say that the doctor is the the doctor. doctor. They are not aggressively thumping the fact that she's female. That is what I was worried about because they did it with Billy Pye, or God, um... Um... Yeah, what's her name? What's her name? Like, unfortunately, the the only one that I can remember as is the lesbian because they pounded that into your head so much. Oh, Bill. Bill. Bill Bill Potts. Bill Potts. Potts. Yes, Maggie Pearl. Pearl She had to be, she had to remind us every other episode, oh, I'm into women. And I was terrified of that happening When you try so hard to make a multi-dimensional character that you only focus on one thing, you turn that multi-dimensional character back into a flat character. It doesn't work like that. I mean, yeah, sorry. If someone, (laughs) just because someone has a trait that's different, you have to still focus on everything else. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. I also think that was a real hallmark of uh, Moffat's Air quotes writing style, yeah. as I like to speak. I was getting yeah. pretty sick of Moffat towards yeah. the end of it. I thought a lot of people were. Oh, Moffat did the first episode, it looks like, and then there was another, and then some other dude did the second. Chris one. Chibnall. Yeah. Moffat um, did not do the first episode. No. Chibnall wrote both no. of them. Moffat's run ended with Capaldi. Yeah. Moffat's run. No, he did the first episode. No, no he did not. It no. said written by Moffat in the, in the credits of the first episode. Mm-mm. Chris Chibnall. Chris Chibnall. He's been the one who's done it. And uh, unfortunately, he's also got some rather harsh writing credits under his belt. He also now, wrote Moffitt Dinosaurs on Spaceship. may have done some executive producing, but he didn't write the episode. Yeah, episodes. he wrote some he of the other episodes. Like, I was really nervous about Chibnall because under his belt, I believe he has written some of the worst episodes of Doctor Who. 
So I'm kind of wondering. Like dinosaurs on a spaceship, I think was his fault. I liked that episode was... though. I did. Well, and it's it not. It's not with that the... one with the. Playing with them and... It's not the one that I canonically call. I refuse to remember its name. The only one is it's from Tenants Run, and I know, I know the backstory is that it was an idea from a child, but it was still the worst episode. The one, the only thing I remember it as is. The one with the dude who ends up with a girlfriend is a is is a paving stone that gives him a blowjob at the oh, end. Oh, uh, love and monsters. <laughs> love and yeah. monsters. That is like I and get you the told point me behind. We're a Doctor Who fan. See, I'm, I'm also I'm been up out now, dude. Hey, hey, but I've been up since like I've been up since like four thirty in the morning, and it is now just no about excuse. midnight. There is no excuse. I do like the fact that it was Moaning Myrtle that played. The, the love oh. interest in that episode from Harry Potter, Moaning Myrtle. Yeah. Yeah, I just recently watched like one of those um, uh, honest trailers of Doctor of the current uh, series of Doctor Both Who. Both of those were and amazing. They just went on the biggest tirade about like how many different like people from Lord of the Rings were in it, Harry Potter and all Game of Thrones. Thrones. The Game of Thrones ones made me chuckle. Yeah. And then the combinations of them, you know, like the ones who were <laughs> the in the ones from Game of Thrones, Thrones and, and Harry Potter. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. But I mean, they're British actors. I mean, you can say the yeah. same thing about a lot, a lot of, of American all, yeah. TV shows. I mean, you, you start seeing the same actors all. I mean, Look at to, like the point, well, I'm, to the point, you know. you, all you see is the actor. Like sometimes I watch a Tom Cruise movie, and I'm like, it's, it's, it's just, just Tom Cruise. Tom, Tom yeah, Cruise. I, I firmly believe that every or that all the background people in Game of Thrones, are, it's just the rest of Britain. Right. right. I'm pretty sure it's just the it's rest just of the rest of Britain, <laughs> except for those that were on the Vikings show. That's uh, true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll yeah, agree on that true. one too. Yeah, but you know, and I mean, they got more money. like look at yeah. Shamar Moore. He went from Criminal Minds to SWAT, mm. okay? <laughs> cop to cop. Look at, now, the one that, that uh, and I'm zoning on his name, uh, he played Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He went to... Oh, God, the, the guy with the, 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 the last uh, name David, that I have a heart David Yeah, David Boreanaz. Yeah. He went to Bones, Yeah. okay? From Bones, he's now in... The SWAT. No, no it's you, you, uh, SEAL Team. He was going to say he's in oh. SEAL Team. But yeah, but see, easily in, confused in, <laughs> in Bones... They're both teams. In Bones, he was a former, he was a former military sniper. Yeah, he's now basically he's in, playing yeah, the he same was special role. forces. But, now he's in a well, special you, forces. You technically, he's been playing the same character over and over, even in Angel, because even though he was a vampire, he was still playing that... Good guy wanting to save everybody. Kind yeah, of thing. and now yeah. he's but, but now he's saving people by killing people, which also pulls credit from his appearance in Valentine as a serial oh, killer. Oh yeah. So yeah. hey, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, so what you can say about people being in Doctor <laughs> yeah. Who, we can sit there and I can. Well, even he Peter lost. Capaldi was a guest star on Doctor Who before he, he was even the Doctor he, twice. No, Peter Capaldi is the one Doctor Who actor. Doctor Who universe actor, and I say that who's been, who has in, been in Doctor the Who. most. Yeah, he's been in Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. He was in Doctor, Doctor Who, Who twice. Tor- Torchwood. And Torchwood. Huh? So you also have to remember too, though, within these industries, after a while, you want to start working with people who you know already. So mm-hmm. that's how you also get the same actors and the same things. Mm-hmm. You hear it a lot in anime too. You hear the same voice actors all Big the money time. On. Over and over again. Well, it's just because you don't want to go by for some fly-by-night. You want to go with someone that you know. It happens all the time (coughs) in every industry. Every industry. Anybody off the cast of Critical Role. See, and I've got to say this. I've been to the conventions, and as has been, I've said on other episodes, I I talk to the voice actors a lot when they go to the conventions, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, most of the voice actors will go up and say, so how do you get work? What do you do? You know, you, you know, you hear these questions by the fans, and I've asked them a couple of times. I've mentioned, like, my uh, Derek Stephen Prince, my interaction with him, um, which, go back and listen. It's in there. Uh, and they all tell you, they all tell you, you take the jobs that come to you. You've got to get them. You know, people aren't just going to walk up and hand you jobs. And then I go to Vic Magnana's panel, and somebody says, so what are your upcoming projects? He pulls out this phone, he's like, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this, I've got... He's got like a hundred different projects that he's working on, okay? And so he's in, you know, I, I challenge people 
to take an anime from the past five years and find that Vic Magnana is not in it. Well, because after a while, <laughs> if you do it enough, everyone knows who you are. Yes. And they'll be like, we yeah. know this guy's reliable. But there are a lot of other voice actors out there exactly. who have been in very popular animes that you don't hear as often as. So there is a marketing thing. You, it, It's course. marketing yourself, not just being a good voice actor. It's, of course. Look at Seth MacFarlane. Okay, he's an incredible voice actor, and and a very talented musician. And but a lot of people don't know everything that he's been in because they focus on Family Guy, mm -hmm. and they focus on uh, on the Cleveland Show, yeah, and they focused on on just a couple of other uh, American Dad. Mm -hmm. That's the things that he's, he's done. He's been on a ton. He's been on so much more, yeah. but you don't know it because he has such a range as a voice actor and the True. ability to do so many different he voices that you're like, you know, it's like, hey, so somebody's like, hey, I just saw that character. I looked him up. That was Seth MacFarlane. That was Seth? That didn't sound like Peter Griffin at all. You know? <laughs> I know, because most of the characters I always hear him on, like with um, like Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken? Oh, oh yeah. He's a, he's totally. a favorite and popular oh, Robot yeah. Chicken. He always does all the like all the classic like 80s cartoon characters like yeah. Lion-O. Yeah. Like, but, you, but you can hear it though. You can hear like some. You can hear a little bit of other characters. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a big robot chicken fan. But composite but Santa. Composite. <laughs> <laughs> but occasionally Axel will, Axel and I will accidentally surf the. We'll, we'll surf and run into it, and every once in a while they'll come up with something really super funny that. Axe and I will laugh out like they did a Dragon Ball Z one. That Dragon was Ball Z, the Dragon Ball Z Christmas episode that, well, that was great. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, uh, was oh God! Now there's homework for me. I need to go watch did. that. Freezing yeah. the Dragon Balls off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. God, I have not seen that. I have to. Oh, oh no! A major fan of Dragon Ball abridged. Anything that's Dragon Ball and uh, hilarious, I'll watch. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'm sorry. With. Uh, in the Dragon Ball episode, my favorite character is the Nutcracker from the Dragon Ball uh, Robot Chicken episode because he does has... Does it beat Goku uh, No, but he does Dragon Ball Abridged? Well, he's the Nutcracker, so he has like 200 and some uh, testicle attacks. Yeah. Nice. And so he actually gets to punch Gohan in the nads by saying, testicle attack number 39! <laughs> and boom! <laughs> okay, Dragon Balls! Uh, okay, it's yeah. hilarious. But, yeah... So back to Doctor Who. Back to Who. Doctor Who. Now that yeah. we've taken a giant, <laughs> oh, we, giant this detour is, down conversation This is like the standard <laughs> of the show. We yes. have to segue into other things as part of the conversation. So overall, I have to say that I am liking the new Doctor. Yes. I am liking oh, the yeah. writing so far. Yeah. Uh, I like, like her I said, as a character, too. There was a little yeah. bit of predictability in the first episode. I loved the journey in the second episode. I so honestly wouldn't. That's my finals on it. I'm I'm anticipating. I'm, I'm interesting interested to see what the third one's going to be because if you've seen the trailer for it, it's going yeah. to be all dealing with Rosa Parks. Yeah. And from what it looks like, the running theory I have, and don't say I'm Nostradamus on this because I'm probably nine and miles off. It looks like there's a time agent or someone trying to kill Rosa Parks. And then by the time everybody or our audience actually hears this, you will. Actually, seen the episode already. Yeah, it will have aired. So, yeah, for, if he is right, go ahead, go. call me Nostradamus. Fan I guess. theory has prediction. We have a fan theory prediction. Warning. Yeah. So. And uh, potential spoilers, I guess. For those of you who don't remember the history of Rosa Parks, look it up because you're an idiot if you don't know it. Oh, that's fair enough. Yes. Oh, Wikipedia well, wasn't invented. Well, well, well. Doctor Who is. A national, international show. Rosa Parks is important in okay, America. Those American of you history. in America but who I disagree who, with that. Go ahead. Those of you in America, then, who lived in America, I'm not gonna. I won't. Uh, you know, be mad at the people who migrated over here. We'll just, just say the public education history. system exactly. failed you. <laughs> exactly. If you in America, born pretty much almost born and raised here, you need. You should have. You should know about Rosa Parks. The thing is, though, is that while I, I have to disagree that Rosa Parks was just an, an American concern, because the discrimination against black people in English-speaking countries, like 
Great Britain and the United States and, I think and everything. They they did take cues from oh, really? Rosa yeah. Parks. I, I think reason? what the point Kendra was getting at is yeah. that Rosa Parks' story might not be as widely taught yes. in other places is, other than the I United States. With. And yeah. not all of Europe. Like not that our only her story matters in America. It's just one of those that is. Unless you're really learning about the civil rights movement in the 1960s, specifically yep. in America, you're not really going to cover yep. it. So. But um, a lot of the Europe actually that was your wasn't kids. that bad about racism because a lot of people in America well, actually... Well, Europe was definitely much better than yeah. well, the that, United that States were at that time. People but there in America still... It exists, definitely. Yeah. There was actually people in America that I remember hearing about when you read about a lot of the, the racist crap that actually moved from America to like France or something so they could actually live in peace and be oh, together. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so, but yeah, a lot of like English, especially Africa during the apartheid that ended, I think 1999 or 2000? Late nineties. Yeah, it was like 1999. Let's just, let's just ballpark it as but, late nineties. Yeah, I think it was 1998, this which you would think would be strange, but yeah, South, because South, British South had Africa. come yeah. down Africa. and took over yeah. Africa, they had that huge apartheid lasted for several years, and even now I think I think it was a, almost issues. a couple of decades. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it was, was a yeah, while. decades, but it I was think a couple even of now decades. they're still having yeah. trouble. They're still having a lot of issues because that ingrained racism mm-hmm. is still very much a thing. So, yeah. So anyway, we've got a new episode. We've Yay. got a fan theory. We've talked a lot about stuff. I'm thinking. Segwayed a lot about. We segwayed a lot. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, some, we'll have to build some kind of signs. And this is, yeah, you guys won't see the signs, but you can go back to our episode titled "Ums and Segways." So, so this is uh, our, our really. Do I need to start going? Um, hmm. no. actually, well, no, no, that was. Yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Um, it depends on how many people actually took us seriously when we said anytime we say um take a shot. So yeah. oh. <laughs> So you may have been responsible slightly for an epidemic of death by Those of you uh, want to poisoning. try it, feel free to check it out. Yep. Alright, and if uh and if you haven't uh, already done so, go back and check out our Captain Marvel episode. Captain Marvel, yep. Um and at the end of the month we will have not one but two special horror episodes. We will have our review of the Evil Dead musical that um, actually oh. <laughs> that was actually uh, that actually took place um, during the weekend, and our review of the new 2018 Halloween movie is also going to be there. Ooh. Oh, that sounds good. There we go. And always stay tuned for more sci files. Uh, I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler. There is a YouTube science show out there that's absolutely fun that I'm trying to get the host to be part of our episode uh we will hound him we hound will him. Hand hound him. him so hound him. hopefully we can get him on here if not i apologize for you know potentially building up your anticipation on this unknown person uh, <laughs> but if we do get him he's a lot of fun and what do you I mean re- you got bill nye i really <laughs> enjoy his actually i would enjoy getting bill nye to, to talk to him about some of the stuff that's out there like graphene and alon and stuff yeah, like that that, that we've mentioned awesome. in some of, of our previous yeah, episodes all of a sudden he just goes shush neil we don't need to talk to you degrass tyson just shut up right now <laughs> so anyway i think that's going to be our episode so catch us on anchor which has our jump off to a lot of different media outlets. Uh, which includes Spotify, uh, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, and many others. And if you haven't done so already, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. It is only a dollar. One dollar. Because we what? love our fans. We're not going to charge them all these different weird stupid tears. But one you dollar do gives Come on. One dollar gives you our entire archive. So all of our archive episodes that are not available on Anchor are available there. And still do better than a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> but for right now, yeah. If and if you want to donate more than a dollar, hey, more hey. Yeah, send me to Japan. Go ahead. Yeah. Feel free to donate enough to send me to Japan where I can go talk about science-y sci-fi stuff in Japan with yes. Japanese scientists. Please, please do that. Yes, we can have a really awesome iPod uh, recording at one of the uh, manga cafes. Sure. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I'm on comedy. Yes. <laughs> So yes, please definitely send us to Japan so we can do that. Help us with our dream. 
I would love to have that field report. That would be so funny. <laughs> well, I've actually, one of the things that, that I think we need to talk about is some of the robotics coming out of Japan. Mm. Uh, especially the, uh, because Japan is absolutely, like, they're the forerunners of creating lifelike looking human robots. Yeah. I want so, a phone battle. And there's, there's, yeah, I think we that's an episode that we've got to do coming up soon. Because mm. there are some really fun and creepy stuff out there right now. Yeah. 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 We need to do a phone battle. We need to do like an iPhone versus Samsung battle. Hmm. At least that would be the title be phone battle. Somehow we have to make them argue with each other too. That'd be really <laughs> funny. Yeah. That is possible. Hmm. Siri versus Siri versus Bigsby. There you yeah. go. Is it Bigsby? Bigsby, oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, you will Siri versus that. that button on the side of Samsung phones that everybody wishes they could reprogram. <laughs> hey, might as well get Lexa involved too. Hey, yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, you know. You think Cortana you might know, want some of this Cortana, there you yeah. go. Uh, Ooh, Tom Tom. You know what? If you guys do that, I will bring over my Alexa just for that. <laughs> I am completely down for that. Okay, people, let's see who's smarter. Spoiler it alert, it's device, probably not Alexa. It's device battle. Although, Alexa can actually answer a fair amount of questions. Yeah, Alexa's pretty smart. Why is it a female name, though? They're because all... there are male programmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's it. Y'all have fun. Till next time. Bye. 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 This has been Rotten Corpse Radio.